This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio, a show that connects homebuyers, home sellers, and homeowners to some of the best small businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about some of the common misconceptions when it comes to water softness and water filtration. Yes, there is a difference. Both are a pretty big deal here in the San Antonio area. In studio with us today is Tito Pacheco, an expert plumber and the owner of The Right Guys Plumbing Services. Tito, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me back. I'm happy to be here one more time. bundle of energy. And and you, you gotta, you gotta, of course. That's wait, me. So I heard that you had a little bit of an energy drink this morning that maybe you shouldn't have had because you're already full of energy. Why are you drinking energy drinks? Hey, bro, I'm about to shoot up like a rocket through this scene. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Don't do that. So Don't do that. Did you work out this morning already? Uh, not today because I was getting ready for the show, but okay. I made a big mistake. So don't mind me if I'm too crazy right here <laughs> yeah. right now because, bro, I'm in full of energy and ready to talk. So, <laughs> so if, having a high-energy plumber at your house is a really great thing because he gets the job done and he loves to talk and explain things to you. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Thank that you. for the show. Um, a quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also on our website is a list of recurring guests for our show, which helps a lot if you didn't catch their contact information during the segment. So, Jake, uh, and I may have missed introducing, I got to talking to Tito, I think I forgot to introduce Jacob, who is like Tito's right-hand guy and the master plumber at your business. So, uh, Jacob Baker, third-generation plumber. Yes, sir. And you've been doing this for, what, a couple weeks now? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can say that. So, um, how long have you been doing this? I've honestly lost count, but I've been doing it since I was probably about eight years old with my grandfather. Some of my earliest memories were standing on a sewer pedal while he was on the roof running a roof vent and me just being completely oblivious to the fact that I was actually working. But uh, uh, and then, you know, getting yelled at, hey, pay attention to what you're doing. So uh, I've had a pretty traditional bring up in the trade, but. It's been fun. It's that's been awesome, man. I mean, because that's experience. You just can't buy that no. kind of experience. So I'm excited to have you on the show. So if you're a first-time listener to this show, uh, just as a refresher, even if you're you know, a regular listener, homebuyertalkradio.com is a great place to go to catch all the information about the show, who's on the show, and their contact information, plus you can catch video and podcast versions of the show there as well. And we have so much great information. Last show we did, it's like I really could have kept talking and talking. I was learning so much during the show, which is so much fun. Uh, for me as the host of the show, I learned just a ton about what you guys do. So very grateful for that. And for you listeners out there, make sure that you're uh, following us on social media because we get a lot of uh, action there on our videos, which are awesome. Okay. Uh, so, Tito, you're, I, I know we're going to talk to Jacob a lot here. So uh, the plumbing business, when it comes to hard water, this is, I know is a passion of yours. Yes. And uh, why is it a passion of yours, this whole wa- hard water problem here in San Antonio? Because it's, a, it's, it's producing catast- catastrophic events on the homes. This is something that it should not be played with. And I don't know if people is ignorant to it or they're really teaching them what's going on. But it's way more rough, you know, when you wake up and you really see what the hard water is doing to your home. And not only what it's doing to your home, to your piping, uh, to your water heater, your costly equipment that you're buying, mm-hmm. which is supposed to take care of it, you know, to see the, the, the maximum result of your purchase. But it is ruining absolutely everything. And not only ruin uh, what is material, also your health. It's, it's not good. It's, it's one of the things that was I'm so passionate because I'm trying to make people wake up and say, hey, this is not something 
that we're trying to promote because we want to make money over this. Of course, everybody wants to make money, but this is a health issue, a health hazard, and should not be played with. Our main uh, reason why we be here today is to wake up the listener, to give them power and get them out of their ignorance, and they can open those documents and read what is in our water. Right, because and that actually brings up filtration as well. So I know when you guys installed a, a water softener and water filtration at my home, um, a big difference that it made, of course, in just the water experience, like showering and stuff like that. Um, so, Jacob, when it comes to what's in our uh, – or let's talk about hard water first. Okay, so how hard is it here in San Antonio? Um, bro, we, we're pretty bad, actually. Um, we're one of the worst areas in this region. Um, water hardness is classified at a, at a per grain count. We call it a GPG or grain per gallon of water. Um, what people don't realize and the big misconception about hard water is that, you know, three, five, six grains of, of water hardness is, is okay. It's acceptable and it's not anything over three grains of hardness is considered destructive. And in San Antonio based, when we do a normal count on a regular house, we're anywhere from 12 to 22 grains of hardness. Oh, wow. And it, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy to see the kind of damage it causes, and and the things, uh, the stuff behind it that people just don't understand. So, what kind of problems are people going to experience if they don't take care of, or could they experience if they don't take care of their hard water issues? Well, well your first statement was right. It's what they're going to experience because eighty six to ninety percent of all plumbing failures are due to hard water. How so? Like, give me an example. So, like uh, your drain stopping up in your showers. A lot of that's because the soap skirt, the soap curb mixes with the uh, calcium in the water, and it starts crystallizing in the drain, and it causes the drain to slow down, catch your hair, catch other stuff in oh. it. Um, your your toilets they slow down the flushing mechanisms. The actual toilets themselves build calcium layers inside of it. The water heaters they physically take up space inside your water heater with physical calcium. Yep, and it it reduces your energy efficiency. It reduces the amount of hot water you get. And it can cause clogging in your lines. I mean, there's a lot that go behind it. So on that note, when we're talking about water heaters, people are experiencing or hearing popping noises. Yes. Because uh, that's what I was going yes. through. You know, yes. and I wasn't going to admit that when you were at my house, mm-hmm. Tito, because I didn't want to get judged. But- <laughs> <laughs> you got judged anyway. Yeah, that is good. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's fine. But, but so popping was going on. We would hear yeah. that whenever we'd run pretty much any kind of water in the house. Yeah. And what's that from? So what that is is that's physical sediment that's built up into a, like a rock inside your water. And what happens is when your water heater starts boiling your water, it has to heat through all that calcium first. And so pieces of that calcium energize and break apart and actually bash the inside tank of your water heater. So it's like popcorn. Yeah. It's basically it's just popping and banging that tank. Well, if that tank's already been compromised due to hard water age and stuff like that, that's places that you can knock pinholes in your tank and cause ruptures of the tank. And also oh. the thermal expansion and contraction, these yep. water heaters are constantly, okay? So it's going to just accelerate the process. No, yeah. oh, exactly. Okay, so just let's recap on what hard water does to our hot water heater. Okay, so calcium buildup, yes. which causes? It causes efficiency loss. It causes physical displacement uh, of space in your water heater. Um, it'll actually eat the lining of the inside of the water heater. Uh, it tears apart the, the magnesium or self-sacrificing rod that's inside of it that's in there to try to help prolong the life of your water heater. 
um, it, it all leads to a rapid failure of your water. Okay, and that's what happened heater. with mine because it start, started leaking. Yes, exactly. Um, and your water heater, it was old, but it wasn't that old. If well, I it was about eight years. Yeah, but see, the uh, a water heater should last you 10, 12, 15 years if it's being maintenance, if it's being done right. I mean, we can say maybe even 15 to 20 years if you've got soft water. That's the difference in the lifespan of a heater on and off soft water. And God forbid that it's not in your attic, because if it's in your attic, you're going to pour cascades down. That was a Mark House he, he likes bachelor of mine I was rowing my boat. <laughs> not just kidding. So, still on the subject of water heaters, yes. so one of the things that I did not have on my previous water heater was I didn't have a... a um, I had a connection that I could hook a hose to, but yeah. it was below the pan. It was it wasn't in a good place to get to, and all that deal. And when you guys did, of course, now it's like I mean it's beautiful, right? I mean mm-hmm. it's like I upgraded from a Kia to a Tesla. I mean it's just a world of difference. Yeah. Um, but draining that hot water heater is something people should do. Well, Tell me why they should do flushing, it and how often. Flushing, not draining, because draining okay. a water heater when you shut the water off to it and you drain it. You actually let all that sediment settle to the bottom, and only a small channel of it may come out. Okay. All right, and especially if you have the hose whip style drain valves, because it's just a small hole, maybe like a quarter inch, that a rubber gasket sits over the top of. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to allow that full flow of calcium to fly out. If you have a full port valve, which gives you half inch, three quarter inch size of flushing, something like we put on your water here yes. now. Three quarter, right? Yes. Three yes. quarter full port drain valve. And what it does now is it'll actually allow that calcium to flood out, but we don't shut the water off to it. That way it continues to stir it off the bottom. It lifts it up, allows it to physically drain out. Gotcha. So drain your heater every six months to a year, depending on if you have a soft water system or not. If you do, you can go maybe a year. If you miss a year by accident, it's probably not going to kill you, but- uh, if you don't, I would recommend doing it every six months. Now you're saying flush, though. Flush. 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 Don't drain. Don't flush drain. It. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know um, because that'll extend the life of the water heater. And now we kind of understand why because we're getting rid of that calcium yes. uh, buildup that's yes. in there as well. Okay, cool. All right, so um, what about other appliances in the house? Absolutely. So, um, Mark, I know you're a big fan of coffee. Yes, or cool. yeah, uh, at least I was. I'm, I've kind of switched away from coffee to monster drinks now. For those listeners out there who want to judge me on that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, co- coffee makers and stuff like that, everyone loves the Keurig these days. The hard water builds up into it, causes the heating unit in it to fail. It doesn't give you a full stream. The water tastes dirty at the end of it. The coffee just doesn't come out as nice. So that's that's a big advertisement for coffee drinkers. Soft water is amazing for your coffee. Okay. Uh, but more than that, your your dishwasher, I mean, how many dishwashers do people usually use oh in a gosh. lifetime? Like three, four dishwashers because the hard water gets in there and tears it apart. There's very small tubing inside of them, and it ends up causing it to reduce its flow. It, it overburdens it. It causes it to fail. Your washing machines, basically anything that runs water in your house. Refrigerators, too? Refrigerators, especially. They, right. they have a quarter-inch line. Once that line gets calcified up, there's no more water going through it. So okay. you're not getting your ice maker uh, isn't working anymore. You're not getting your full flow of water through it. Um, your faucets, your fixtures, your toilets, I mean, everything is affected by hard water. That's why we say mm-hmm. 86% of all plumbing calls that we go to in the field is due to hard water failure. Yes. Okay. So this is why we talk about it quite a bit. Um, when somebody is, uh, if they get a hard, uh, soft water, <coughs> water softener installed, they're going to notice a difference in the shower, right? I mean, that's primarily where people oh, notice yeah. it. And of course, it may be in drinking it as well. But mm. for, like for me, soap feels different, stuff like that. 
when you don't have one, people complain about itchy, dry skin, that kind of stuff. So tell me about that skin experience when it comes to hard water versus softening. So basically what it is is uh, a lot of people will notice when you first get a water softener that when you take a shower and you step out, you don't really smell like the soap like you did at one time. Or, or your, your skin is no longer itchy. You do not have to put on a bunch of lotion and stuff. The reason is is because you're actually getting clean. There's no calcium left in the water. There's no nothing left to, to bond to your skin and trap that stuff onto your skin that will then make you itchy, makes you smell like soap on a, on a, mag, on a magnified level. And, and the reason for that is, is because those hard water molecules that are in your water are actually trapping that stuff to your skin. So you're not getting as clean as you should. It's not showing you that, hey, I'm getting clean. I'm not getting itchy. I'm not smelling like soap anymore. I'm not getting fully clean. I'm pretty sure the first time you showered and you took and you washed your hair, your hair felt immaculate. You were like, man, it feels smooth. It feels silky again. It, well, it, I'm not going to talk about how smooth and silky my hair is, but I will <laughs> tell you <laughs> that uh, silky that smooth. definitely you use less shampoo. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, you can, you're talking at least a 25% savings in soap uh, annually. Uh, just just in soap detergents and stuff like that you use because uh, soft water suds so much easier because it's not being trapped by the hard water. You're not fighting it. It's no longer a murky gray color when you're washing off your body and stuff like that. Uh, we used to do a test back in the day in, in, in water treatment when we went into people's houses. You take a beaker of hard water and you take a beaker of soft water and you put a couple drops of soap in it, plug it and shake it. Well, the soap that it was hard water is like a gray color. That's where we got the term gray water from. And it was barely had any soap bubbles and stuff in it. But the soft water, the water was still crystal clear and it was just full of suds inside the beaker because it's not fighting all that extra to do what it's supposed to do. It's not fighting against the calcium? Yes, the calcium, lime, magnesium, all the mineral in the water. Okay. Interesting. All right. So when uh, somebody, if they're interested in getting a water softener, uh, installed in their home, what are some things that they should think about? Obviously, number one, because I didn't have it, was pre-plumb. If your house is not plumb for water softener, that's going to be an issue. <coughs> but what are some other things that people should consider? Um, the the biggest one is, is, one, the company that they're using and the quality of the product they're using because 90% of softeners that are out on the market that are being installed, they have the capability of being the right softener. But... A lot of the companies aren't training the way they're supposed to, and they don't follow exact plumbing code. So a lot of the systems are being undersized. So is a permit required? Believe it or not, um, in some areas it may be required due to the plumbing itself, like if I have to install a loop. But if you're not on a loop, then there's no permit required to install a softener. Okay. Um, that's how like a lot of the water treatment companies, the actual water softener companies, are allowed to install it because they're not licensed plumbers. In an everyday application, they're not allowed to install a plumbing loop on their own. They have to subcontract a plumber to do it. But if they have a loop, then their water treatment license allows them to actually install a water softener in your home. So tell me, what is a, a loop? Uh, is it a plumbing loop? It's, it's a water softener loop is what the basic okay. way we describe it. What it is is it's... The area that uh, the water line comes from the yard service line into your home, it's rerouted to a specific location made to install your water softener. From that point, it goes and it reattaches back to the water line to feed the rest of the house. And the reason it's there is it allows you to bypass it uh, in case you ever have like a failure or something in your water softener, and it allows you to maintain water to the house. Usually there's a bypass built into it. Gotcha. So that, that's primarily the reason for it. It's just 
for added location, it's to take it from where your water line would usually be, and, and you can put it in the garage or in a different area of the home, and you can install your softener there. It's a pre-plumbed hookup. Uh, and then a lot of times, too, in some of the older ways they used to do it, because the way the older softeners were, they would uh, uh, eliminate it from the hose bibs on the house. They they have it pre-plumbed a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some of them, even the kitchen sink, is out of that loop because people used to be scared to drink and cook with soft water oh. uh, because at that time the technology was adding so much salt into your water it wasn't even funny. You know, technology has come a long way. We'll, we've learned a lot better in water treatment world how to keep that from happening. And that's why we say if you have a properly sized water softener, if it's done correctly, you're no longer adding salt to your water because realistically salt's only the soap for your water softener. It's not actually being introduced. It is. So is, if somebody's going to get one installed and they're not pre-plumbed for it, are they going to need a plumber to install that loop? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So just to be clear, somebody who is not a licensed plumber, this they is a double negative, but they cannot install a loop. Not, negative. not by code. Not no, by code. They cannot. Right. So. And it does happen, and it's sad to see because we go to a lot of customers' houses that they've had somebody who was not a licensed plumber put in a loop. Uh, we had one in particular didn't follow plumbing code, and the customer, when they turned their water on, they went from having 60 PSI of water pressure down to 30 PSI just by turning on a kitchen sink faucet. And the reason is is because the company that put in the loop ran an undersized water softener loop, and the total overall distance the water had to travel ended up not giving the house enough pressure. So there's codes that have to be followed to make sure that the loops are done correctly, and the house is still receiving the amount of volume it needs. Right. Okay, because I think, you know, the, the loop that was on when you guys saw in my mm-hmm. house, I think because I had a water purifier or whatever, a filtration system put in, and I don't think he was a licensed plumber. Yeah, he definitely wasn't work. <laughs> oh, but but it's good to go now, right? I mean, yeah, everything's yeah, we, solid. We, you remember we cut open the wall a little yeah. bit. I know you were a little like, no, not my wall. And <laughs> I felt really bad about it, but I wanted to do that because we got those temporary fittings out of your wall put permanent solution piping back inside perfect and had you all set up and good to go added See, a cut off and everything that's the value of hiring the right people for the job because you, you know you stuff gets done right and then you don't end up with a five thousand dollar water damage from something like that exactly wow. okay so let's talk about salt usage so we brought that up when it comes okay. to the water softener um, and I know you explained this, but I only retained probably 15% of it when you, when you did my deal, right? <laughs> but people, uh, my generalized expectation was my water is probably going to taste a little salty, but this whole thing is going to be full of water and salt, and, but it turns to brine. So let's, but this one doesn't. Let's, let's break it down a little yeah. bit more. Okay, so all salt is, is, like I said, it's soap for your water softener. It's a way to clean the resin. Okay, the resin inside your softener actually picks up the lime, the calcium, all the hard water molecules in, in, in the water. And it does what's called an ionic exchange. It exchanges it for a little bit of bicarbonate. Okay, Bicarbonate is nothing more than baking soda. So realistically, your softener is not a salt system. It's a baking soda system. Oh. And, and a lot of people don't understand this. But what it is is whenever it comes time to clean your softener, your, especially your softener, because we gave you a top-line softener. It's the newest, it's the greatest, it's the most advanced. What it does is it actually takes the amount of water that it needs to clean that brine or to clean that resin, and it adds that water into the tank. It lets it sit for a couple hours to mix and get all salty and brined up and all that good stuff. And then it takes that brine water, and it 
flows it back through the softener. And when it flows it through the softener, the, it, it gets super complicated at this part for some people, but the electrical charges of the resin versus the chemical uh, electrical charge of the sodium bicarbonate, what it basically does is it separates the chlorine from the salt. And so the only thing left is the bicarbonate, is the baking soda. And that baking soda has a negative charge. The water molecules, the, the, the minerals in the water, have a negative charge. And so when it smashes against that bicarbonate, it causes it to release from the resin. The resin then uh, is cleaned. The, all that chlorine, all the dirty stuff, all the everything else is pushed down the drain and is washed away. And, it, and your, then your softener is ready and willing to receive more mineral. Okay, so that's, that's what the salt does. Now, the importance of a, uh, your system and the way it works is we don't run a wet brine system uh, or a wet brine tank. Okay, ours is a dry system. The reason this is important is because if you have water sitting in a tank all the time, 365, right. All right, and it's mixing with that salt, it's breaking it down, so you're using more salt on average than what you should be Correct. because it's just sitting in there melting the salt. Yep. You get what's called a, uh, a salt bridging events that happen. Uh, it condensates inside this closed tank. Uh, when the temperature spikes up, it almost causes it to like miniature rain inside there. And it causes that salt to bond itself together. It forms almost like a rock-like substance. Oh, okay. And so the bottom of the brine rinses out, and then there's no more brine down there. Well, your salt's still stuck up here because you got that bridge of salt that's holding up there. Oh, wow. And so people will go months without noticing this. They go, man, my, my skin's getting itchy again. My hard water's going, what's going on? We go out there, we bang on the tank, and all that salt falls down. Wow. Well, the other bad part about that is, is whenever you have water sitting for a long time, bacteria starts to grow. And now I know a lot of people say, hey, but Jacob, it's salt. Salt's a cleansing agent. You know, salt's been a cleansing agent since Christopher Columbus and before. Yes, that's true. But to tell me bacteria cannot grow in salt water is completely foolish. Right. We know that's not true. Yeah. Because how else? We have oceans. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How do things grow in the ocean? Yeah, I mean, right. The ocean has more bacteria than anything else. Yeah. So salt actually will allow bacteria to grow faster. In those tanks. Whoa. And a lot of times, if you pull out the bottom of a brine tank, you get all this brown sludge in the bottom of the tank because all that water's been sitting in there forever, all that bacteria is growing. It causes stuff like Legionnaire's disease and stuff to be introduced into your drinking water. Okay, so we're really bad. We're definitely, most water softeners, if not all of them, are now past that or? Unfortunately, no. Really? There's still a, I'd say probably about 80 something percent of them that are still wet systems because the technology hasn't been brought up. It hasn't been updated. I mean, we still have people in the, in this day and age that are using, uh, uh, el- we call them illegal softener loops or, or bypass systems on their water softeners. Because plumbing code states that if a line coming into your house is a certain size, it has to retain that size throughout the system and exit the same size because oh. that's the size your house needs to flow. So if you have a one-inch water line or a three-quarter-inch water line coming in, that system needs to maintain that. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of systems still in the market that the bypass valves on them and even the bottom of the softener has Tito got to see this in person the other day, bushing everything down to about a half inch in size, which means now you're restricting the flow. And the reason they say they have to do that is because the softener is only like a 30,000 30, granule capacity softener. It can only soften at eight and a half gallons a minute. So if you run the water faster through there, it's not going to soften. I got gotcha. you. Well, instead of upsizing the resin like they should, what they like to do is they like to 
cut down on the bypass. I mean, believe it or not, the the engineers of these companies years ago wanted to change the plumbing code to make their softeners what it should be versus just increasing the resin size. Right. So the people who come out and you get now that say a 30,000 granule unit is okay for every house in San Antonio. It's not. It's a lie. It's a so lie. There's, more, there's a lot more planning that goes into this a than people ton, realize. A ton. Because I think the prevailing thought is that, um, hey, they're just going to put a water softener in. I mean, it's like, yeah. no. how hard and, do you have to think about that, it? That is wrong. And that's why people, they think that just because you go to Home Depot or, or whatever, or you know, they, they pick up a unit and uh, then install it in the house, that takes way more than that. You, you got to test how hard is your water? That's for number one, and we're very high, and 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 uh, you know. So now you got people installing something they're going to give them only eight gallons, you know, per minute. It's it's on their size. You threw your water, your your money away. The water you didn't fix no problems. Your water gotta be tested. That's why you need professionals to go out there. This is not a game. Yeah. yeah. And and the big the biggest thing. So real quick about the the Brian. I know I got away from it. I'm sorry. But having a dry brine system is not only going to save you salt, but it can save you in your health. Okay, so the systems w- that we use only add in the, the water that it needs to clean to to get brined. It cleans your softener and it drains all the water out of that brine tank, so that the brine tank stays dry, and you don't have all that bacteria growth. Now, I'd still say maybe every couple of years you need to clean it, just wipe it down real good, make sure there's no bacteria growing inside of it, and stuff. We can do that. I mean, most plumbing companies, most water treatment companies that know about it can service it and do that. But having an all-out wet system is is a, is really technology it's archaic, of the past. Right, it's, that's a thing of the past. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for you listeners out there, if you're thinking about getting a water softener system, make sure you ask for a dry tank system. Correct. Yes. Is that dry, the right word? Dry brine tank system. Dry brine tank system. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely recommend giving. A, the right guys plumbing services a call on that they did mine haven't had any issues love the the quality of the craftsmanship is apparent and and appreciated so um if folks want to get in touch with you, tito how do they do that they can call us at 210-744-4397 they can visit our page on facebook as well or they can go to our website at www.therightguystx.com essay no that's that's an email Oh, okay. TX.com. My bad. TX. Learning, bro. And he works with me. What's going on here? Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our, our podcast and video version of the show at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also, you can get a complete list of everybody who's on the show there in case you missed their contact information here. You can catch it there. That's going to be it for us. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. See ya.